good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and I have a very, very special guest on today. I am, um, I, I, I was recently introduced to this, this gentleman by um, his brother who's also a friend of mine and um, my gosh, I just can't wait to, 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 um, to introduce you guys like this. This is amazing. So I'd like to go ahead and welcome Jay Levin to the show or is it Jay Steven Levin? My bad for that. But welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on. And you had me kind of rock into the early disco intro music. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, you know it's just one of those one of those things you know I I, I found a great little tune to make the intro video. So yeah, so, it's, got a, it's got a quacky little downbeat. <laughs> right, right. So so Jay, I, like I you know I told you I created this show um, earlier in the year. I created this show to. Um, kind of give back to the world and help help people have a breakthrough in life because I truly believe that that we all get stuck from time to time and a lot of people don't know how to get unstuck and you know I just wanted to um, I, I want I want you to I, I want you to kind of tell people some of the things you've um, been through in life what the the obstacles you've hit and how you got past them and 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 became you know um pretty successful in your own right so you know let's talk about that let's start with where you were born and raised talk about that a little bit okay so before i'm going to do that i'm going to follow your instructions specifically but before i do um there's a key word that you used that I want to just comment on. And the key word is a lot of people don't know how to get unstuck. Right. So I like the whole uncola thing. I like the whole anti-hero thing. I like the whole approach of doing it a little bit differently. But when it comes to getting unstuck, I found across a number of different experiences, a number of different cultures, a number of different countries, that it's easier to get what you want instead of unsticking yourself from where you are to just stick yourself to where you want to be. In fact, it is the actual definition of yoga. Yoga classically means to bind or to tether or to link and it's it's understanding is if you link to what you want and attach yourself to what you want you'll be closer to getting it a lot of people choose the opposite approach and focus on what they don't want and find themselves trying to get unstuck so just a point of distinction there for an, an approach um, wow. I'm and and if I may interject, if you guys can't tell already, this guy, this 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 dude thinks on a completely different level than most people. <laughs> I mean, way different. And and it, it's a it's that's a compliment. 
Yeah, thank you. I thought you were saying I was a little spaced out. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't judge anybody. I think you're awesome, man. So, and by the way, anyone who shares this out, we will um, send you very, very silent blessings. So thank you for all the shares in advance. So, so, so Jay, let's, let's go back to where you were born and raised. Yeah, I was, I was born and raised in Philly um, into uh, a nice uh, Jewish culture. So I grew up in a, predictor, a predictable trajectory. Um, paranoid, slightly schizophrenic, and uh, very much modeled like Woody Allen. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and, and, and those and those stamps have stayed with me ever since. And and uh, so, uh, I grew up in a community uh, or a neighborhood where it, there was no real sense of community. And community is a strain for me that, ha in a positive sense, that has followed me all my life because I went into a monastic community. But where I grew up was a community, a neighborhood, where for the first seven or eight years, I didn't, I thought everybody was my uncle and aunt because all the homes and the adults in the homes agreed to have their kids call all the other adults by Uncle John or Aunt Shirley. So I just kept thinking, wow, I've got this amazing family. Until one day I said, how is it that I have all these aunts? So it was a very uh, Jewish, it was a very community uh, experience. It was very connected. And yet I... I felt, although I had no physical reason for it, I felt isolated just because of um, the nature of I just didn't think I related to things and values that other people related to. So that was one of the cornerstones of my neurosis. <laughs> okay, so I, I, so put that in lay terms in one sentence. That no matter how or what situations we are born into, whether they're positive or negative, it's natural to feel isolated. Oh. And, and when we come to thinking about getting what we want, it's hard to get unstuck from isolation. It's better to get tied to a sense of belonging. Yeah. So yeah. belonging as a Jewish as a Jewish kid in a Jewish community was an important sense. I went to synagogue. We observed holidays. My dad was religious. Um, and yet still, though I had this community, familiar community around me, I thought and felt different. And we all feel some degree of separation. Right. That's just the nature of 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 us. Right. Right. So, so you you grew up in a um, in a very Jewish community, um, and I don't <clears throat> since I'm not I I do have a little bit of Jewish in my bloodlines, but I'm not certainly not familiar with what that whole um, what what the definition I guess of that would mean um, to you. It means something to me. It means. Okay, because <laughs> I don't know what that means. That's like me saying I grew up in a Catholic, 
environment. I, you know, I don't, I don't even know what that means. So, um, but my, you know, my question for you is, so you, you went to all of your, your elementary and middle school, high school, all of that in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. And, and um, I was, I was characterized by my teachers as a dreamer. And it was never really a very positive characterization. Isn't that oh, interesting? Yeah. Oh, your son, he's the dreamer. Why? Well, he's always looking out the window. Yeah. So yeah. I had experiences when I was young that I didn't completely understand, but they felt wonderful and they made yeah. me feel included and they made me feel a part of something that I inherently knew. I belong to and I felt centered in those, although I could not touch the experience. I could not see the experience. It was invisible and intangible. But it, it at a very young age, five, six, four, I had a few of these experiences where I realized I feel more connected to something which I can't see than the community around me that I can see. Right. So it was dichotomy and irony and the Jewish is just the flavor of that really right right so you but I, I mean what was um, through you know you you ended up I mean I know you 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 worked with um, you've been an entrepreneur most of your adult life I believe did you end up going to college after high school uh, yeah, I did. I I um I went right to college after high school. It wasn't even a consideration that I didn't go. It was just a part of what the expectation was, and I was happy to live it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in an act, so I graduated. I went to Penn State. I graduated. Actually, purchased college. I I I changed schools um, midway. I went a fifth year instead of a fourth. School was never something that was easy for me. Uh, and yet in the, in my fourth and fifth year, I took off like a rocket and I really got great grades on, and applied myself. I graduated with a degree in comparative religious philosophy and wrote a thesis of 125 pages when I was, you know, 17 years old, which helped me to understand the importance of how to organize things. But the reality of it was that I wasn't an entrepreneur all my life. In fact, people kept saying, you seem like an entrepreneur. And I said, nah, you know, I, 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 I don't think I am. <laughs> and I really didn't, I really didn't get it until a while ago. And um, so I graduated, then I traveled around the world, then I entered a spiritual community. I spent 20 years in a monastic community that was yoga oriented. I learned a from a. What, what does that mean, monastic? Uh, the community. I was a monk. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't walk around in okra robes. But I, I had them, but I was I was a monk wow. and I, I lived like a monk. Um, I acted like a monk, but I didn't always think like a monk. Wow. What what do you mean you didn't always think like a monk? What do, well, how does a monk think? Um, you the stereo, the stereotypic 
example of how a monk thinks is somebody who is um, humble and timid and surrendered and um, <clears throat> uh, filled with love and inspiration that has given their lofty uh, desires and goals to God and is beaming with a sense of beatitude. Um, those were aspirations, but that's never what I was. I, I just, I just joined because I, I wanted to give back to that which gave to me, mm. and it was a natural expression of the heart. I wasn't, I wasn't ever very good at it. Wow. So that's yeah. powerful. It is powerful, and I learned a lot of the disciplines I use today in the monastery. Some of the techniques I use when I work with people, I learned from the spiritual uh, leader of our organization. I learned it from the spiritual teachings, which were over 5,000 years old, and I learned them from fellow monks that I saw how they thought, how they acted, what disciplines they have, how they solved problems, how they related to the world, or how they didn't. So let me let me ask you this though. I mean, was there a um, was this like any sort of a, a was there a religious denomination to to this? Yeah, there was. It, it, it was uh, the. It's called self realization. It, it is on the principles of a book called Autobiography of a Yogi. It, ha it is uh, yogic based. It believed in the inherent oneness of the truths of all the religions. It combined uh, Hinduism, but it wasn't Hinduism, with right. Catholicism. And what it, it was based on the heart. And its principles were, and in our brief discussions, you and I, we share some of those principles. Those principles were, if you listen quietly enough, you will learn to hear something of which you are a part of speaking, guiding, and loving you. And you don't need to know necessarily what to say. You just need to learn how to be quiet enough to listen to what's being whispered. But we can't hear what's being whispered because we're talking so loud to ourselves. So um, it was a denomination, but it was not a structured dogmatic thing. I was out in the world a lot. I, I worked with companies. I toured. I, try, I led retreats. Uh, and I was invariably drawn to very successful high achievers who wanted to achieve more yeah. of what they had already achieved. And that was my interest. I, want, I, was, I was interested in translating eternal truths that I learned into practical knowledge that could be, could be applied to get the results people wanted to get in the world. But I, I always worked with high achievers. So, so you, but you, okay. So you grew up, you said that you, you, you so both your parents are Jewish. Right. You're, you said your father was a very religious Jewish man. Yes, he was Orthodox until he married my mother. Okay. And then you went to um, something very not, Jewish, <laughs> right? I, I'm, I'm assuming I shouldn't assume, but, but like, it's, it's kind of in a different direction. 
Yeah, but it didn't it didn't matter to me because the the, the Judaism. Well, for example, um, I went to a Sunday school like every Jewish kid does. Right. Yeah. And um, a year into it uh, or less, less, I said um, to the teacher, when are we going to talk about Christ? And she said, uh, oh, we're going to talk about that next week. And I said, "Okay." so obviously next week I said, so can we talk about Christ? What is it? Who is he? Why? Well, we're going to get to that next week. Well, I was a little slow. It only took about four weeks for me to realize next week was that train was never going to come. (laughs) Wow. So to me, I, I, I realized, okay, the, the, there is a dogma here. There's something that I'm not getting. There's something that I'm not being told. Nobody's keeping anything from me, but I realized that I have to discover that which is for myself. I can learn, but I was already outside of the walls of, of characteristic dogmatic religion right and uh, dude so, I, like i i i freaking love that i love that i love that would be like sitting in 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 a christian church saying sunday school saying when are we going to talk about muhammad <laughs> right like let's go let's talk about it like let's talk about the elephant in the room <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah. Now, and, and so the it, when you look at it structurally, and you look at it organizationally, and you look at it dogmatically, yeah. I went from one different system to another. Yeah. But when you change the context of the looking, all I was doing was following my heart. I wanted to find that which I felt loved me because I wanted to learn who is it, what is it that is sending me this sense of okayness, this sense of wellness. I want to love you back. How do I do that? Because I don't know who you are and how you look. But I, you know, so those were conversations that led me easily to meditation because meditation was designed not to get me to some Hindu something but it was it was designed to get me to listen to myself and listen to that which is underneath me so it really wasn't in my mind a moving from one thing to another it was a natural progression i was following the heartbeat and footsteps of a voice that was calling me yes i i i hear you so you you um by the way did you did you discover it yeah, yeah, of course I did. Uh, it, it, um, it, I discovered it, and I, I know exactly how to find it. Yeah. Uh, and I, that doesn't mean I don't hide from it. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. So, um, what's the point of this for all the people that are listening out there? For me, the point and the focus is. It's not about Hinduism. It's not about yoga. It's not about Jewish communities. It's not about synagogue. It's about 
what are the conversations that you're having in your heart that will enable you to listen to the whispers that you sense, but one haven't yet heard as clearly. So that's the point of this dialogue for me. Otherwise, we're just talking about some Jewish schmuck that grew up as a paranoid schizophrenic <laughs> in, in <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so just for the record, I don't think you're really a paranoid schizophrenic. But the the um, but I believe that we all have those, you know, we have we probably are, are all a bit uh, symptomatic of, of those things. So um, but, you know, I want to I, I want to move because you so you were a monk for 20 years. I was I was in a spiritual order for uh, over 20 years. Um, most of that uh, over 10, 15, I was a monk. I, I started in the community um, as an, as a as a lay person. Then uh, I, I left the, the the monastic aspect of it and I got married to a wonderful Roman Catholic that I met while I was in Italy. We were whether here I was a good Jewish boy in Philadelphia. <laughs> Getting married in the, in the cathedral of Sorrento to an absolutely gorgeous Italian woman. And I said to myself, you know what? I am so sorry my parents have passed away, but maybe it would, was better this way because I don't know that they could have handled their Jewish son. <laughs> So, so, oh my Lord, that is so funny. So, so at some point you did enter though, after the, the, the monastery, um, the, the whole, the, your, your monk ship, <laughs> is that a thing? We can oh, make it a thing. Yeah, we can make it a thing. I'll, I'll be, you, we can talk about my monk ship if I can talk about your lordship. <laughs> So, so, so here, here you are, <coughs> excuse me, here you are having, I mean, dude, most people in this world do not reach until they're dead, reach those levels of, of spiritual awareness. I think that a lot of people are definitely curious um, I've always been one that I've, I've studied multiple religions and, and, and I've always been, I've always thought, man, there's something up with this. There's so many different faces that people put on, on God and, and, and like, there's something like, is God really like against a huge percentage of the population because that doesn't seem like a loving father to me if he's like, like hey two-thirds of you are going to hell like I've always I've always been like curious about all of that not not no I don't I don't ever claim to have the answer but I've always been very curious as to to what that's all about and so I I love the way that you've explored so so at some point you you got into the business world and out of the monk world. Yeah, and and I, I want to. I'll tell you about it in a sec. Uh, um, I I I want to. You know, this whole aspect of what you're mentioning, faces of God. 
Um, it, if, if it's not relevant for your listeners, then maybe we could talk about it in um, a different frame, and then I'll talk about the business. So what are some of the faces of God? Well, they could be characteristically defined by religious systems, organizations, teachings, and dogma. Right. But for those people who are not so inclined, how about courage over fear? How about selflessness over ego? How about positivity over negativity? How about inclusion over exclusion and isolation? Um, In other words, we're talking about a a particular truth that has many, many faces, not just an organized religious face, right? Right. Yes. Amen. Yeah. So after 20 years, I um, and the influence of my wife, I realized that I was hiding my creative self-expression in in the spiritual community. And I realized that I was either making a big mistake or I needed to go out and express myself in the world. And I thought, if I don't do it now, I don't think I'm ever going to do it. So I left the monastery. We were married before I left the monastery because I stayed in the organization, but not as a monk because Uh. we were. Okay, we lived in a, com- a larger community than just the monastic aspect. There were nuns, monks, and lay people. And so um, I left the after 20 years, this bubble, and I went out into the world. And I spent literally, I'm not kidding, I spent two and a half days in a fetal position, not knowing how I was going to reinterpret myself and recreate myself. And I began to get involved in what I always liked. I got involved in, in, in advertising, media, and marketing. I started selling radio on the street. I became a sales leader for the crown jewel of a private radio company in Monterey, California. I began doing what I didn't know that I could do and find out that I can do it in my own way and that selling wasn't as um, <clears throat> ugly as I thought it was or was told that it was. And then from radio, I became, got into management with Clear Channel Radio and led salespeople. From there, I was recruited into uh, America Online when it was dropping down a local program that duplicated at a local level a national program. And I went and I was recruited into that at a time when AOL was the Internet. Yeah. And it, it, it was bringing geo-tracking with six different media properties to local advertisers. Wow. I led all national sales. Um, I did what no one actually thought was possible. And I broke through a wall. I I then went on to television. I broke through a wall there uh, and sold in ways and manners and sizes and margins that had not been done before to to target clients that had not been approached before. Uh, From there I went and I so there I was with Cox Media, Fox TV, 
Wow. Um, so in many ways, um, I, I didn't obviously, and perhaps thankfully I didn't know you, but I was breaking through walls in every single one of these things. Yeah, sure. I was breaking through my own fears, my own uncertainties, my own um, anxieties and stepping up and stepping into things which I thought were much bigger than my ability to be able to perform. And then uh, lastly, I went on to uh, work at a ad network as a, as a senior vice president and then was recruited to become a COO and uh, president of a, a miserably failing ad network that was part of a privately owned group of companies. And I took that company from under $300,000 to over 10 million in less than four years. Wow. And I did it despite all the obstacles that the company owners put in my way and all the, the um, obstacles the constraints and the difficulties. So I learned two different things. I operated for 20 years in an environment of cooperation, simplicity, honesty, and collaboration. And then I moved into an, an environment in media marketing and advertising where I operated in environments of competition, deceit and an ego. Yeah. So I saw here's what the functional aspects of cooperation are. And I also learned what some of the dysfunctional aspects of being overly cooperative are. Yeah. And I learned some of the dysfunctions of corporate America. And I put the behavioral piece that I learned as a monk, the emotional intelligence piece, although it hadn't been called that, and the organizational pieces together. And now I work with leaders and teams to help them break through the walls, if you will, yeah. of, of what they're trying to overcome to get and win more of what they want by leveraging emotional, organizational, and behavioral intelligence. So that's in a nutshell. So, but you, you, because um, you mentioned what it is. You, you meant you mentioned to me. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm getting a little bit of feedback. I want to make sure my microphone's okay. Um, you you mentioned to me that um, you you worked with um, you worked in 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 um, I guess with books publishing. Yeah, I worked also with uh, with Warner Books. Uh, Warner Books was a partner of ours. We were I was always a part of non traditional teams, whether it was in TV or whether it was in this spiritual community. I always had leaders that recognized that there was a need to do things in a non-traditional way and saw that I had a penchant for an ability for and the capacity to be able to operate in non-traditional ways and be very successful doing so. Now, that's not everybody's bag, but they saw it. Um, I didn't realize it, but I came to appreciate it because of um, their pointing it out to me. So Warner Books, I was actually working with, with my brother, actually, a team of four. And we were partnering with them when we were in the spiritual community, which was very non-traditional, which wow. to me satisfied a desire of mine to mainstream 
a body of knowledge when yoga and meditation was something that people made fun of. It wasn't something people knew. Right. You know, we're talking about 40 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, so understanding who we are helps us to realize, do we want to work in a non-traditional environment? Maybe be an entrepreneur. Do we have the behaviors? Are we driven by the right things? Do we have the skills to do that? Or do we prefer to work under structure? No blame either way. There are behaviors that we exhibit that are better suited for structure. There are right. other behaviors that are better suited for ambiguity. And so a part of who I work with are helping leaders to become more entrepreneurial or people who have been involved in highly structured careers move to entrepreneurial careers, which right. is a big, which is a big arc. Right. Sure it is. Sure it is. So if you if you um, if you were to look back and I, I you know, I ask some similar questions of, of everybody I have on the show. If you were to look back over um, the years of dealing with with other entrepreneurs, other business people, other salespeople, or just people in life, what do you think, in your opinion, in in lay terms? I don't realize. I don't think you realize how intellectually um, advanced you are in some ways, and and so. If you can, in some sort of lay terms, what do you think the big biggest thing is um, that keeps people stuck from from achieving their real, true heart's desires and goals, and 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 you know that that holds them back? What do you think that is? Well, nine out of ten people are going to say fear, of course. They all, yep. They okay. Do. Um, I. I I look at it, and that's certainly a large part of it. I look at it in terms of being isolated. If we are, if we're separated from our understanding of who we are, then we really don't have the confidence to maybe do what we want, or we make stupid, dumb decisions about doing things that we know we we, we could really not succeed at. So I think looking back, it's it's. It's taking inventory, taking stock, of being being self-aware. I think the lack of self-awareness is a big um, contributor to slow growth. Um, one of the statements that I make as a founding principle for me is, I believe leaders, real leaders, are activist leaders. They activate conditions that bring about transformation across people, profit, and processes. And so what does that mean? It means that an activist leader is actively trying to understand and activate a sense of self-awareness and lead with a sense of understanding who am I, what behaviors do I need, what are the motivations that are necessary for me to succeed, Am I well placed in the role that I want? Am I well placed in the role that I, I am in? What is critically needed for success and 
where am I and how do I close the gap between the what I see and what I want and what are the actions that are needed in order to do that? It's very, very practical, but real leaders are self-aware leaders. They create conditions that bring about transformation. So if we're not creating conditions that tra will transform us, then how are we going to <clears throat> to be able to be really successful in the ways we want? What are some of those conditions? Well, there, there's a number of them. So, but I, you know, I want to know your take on you know everybody says um, that 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 most people use. Um, financial um, gain, net worth, um, whatever, as the the um, gauge for success. A lot of people, I mean, most people in the world, you see a guy that owns a owns a a, a sixty million dollar private jet, and you know you are flying in coach. Well, most and you know most people think well. The guy with the sixty million dollar jet is obviously more successful. However, that may not be the case in my opinion. So, what is your take on that? Is it is it is it a is it you know because there's some again I don't want to get too philosophical and go too deep on 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 people watching this, but like. What is the what are some of the common denominators in again, this is about your opinion. What are some of the common denominators, in your opinion, of truly successful people? Look, it, it, truly successful people understand what they value and they do what feeds what they value. A person who values money and return on investment is successful if they make it. A person that values experience over money is not successful if they make a lot of money because there is an experience that they want to have that they're not having. Mm. So don't understand what you value. How will you be successful if even if you are successful on one material plane or not? Some people just don't value the same it's how you stack your pancakes each pancake is a value right yeah so um we can't see look we're not talking about i don't think anything overly philosophical or anything overly academic we can't see what lies behind the facade of things just because some cat's got a big jet doesn't mean he's not alcoholic or he doesn't have a dysfunctional family or he hasn't overcome a lot of obstacles or that he's going to or been to jail. We, we don't. Who the heck knows? It's are we doing what satisfies what we value? If we value money, make it. If we value experiences, have them. If we value security, get it. If we value not making mistakes, don't make them. So, okay.
So it's hard for me to it's you're asking a very general question. I I know. I know. And 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 but like and I absolutely love your answer, by the way. I mean, it, it. in fact, I don't normally I'm a horrible note taker. I'm just going to put that out there. My wife is really good at it. I'm I'm just terrible at taking notes. I rely on my memory way too often, but I wrote it down and I don't normally take notes during my show, but I wrote down what you just said and, and I wrote down a question. And the question is, how does one find, what if, no, what if they don't know what they value? What if they think they value money because they think that the money is going to is going to provide the experiences? What if their their real true value is traveling the world and and staying at five-star hotels and having five-star experiences, but they 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 you have to have money to do that, right? So what if how do you find out? Again, this is about your opinion. This is about your opinion. You are a, a, in my opinion, you are a global thought leader, like one of the top thought leaders on this planet, in my opinion. So I want to know, like, how does one find out what they value? What if they can't answer that? Well, look, first of all, thank you. I'm sure you say that to all your guests. Oh, yeah, every single one of them. Okay, so look. Let, let's let's get very very simple about this issue, okay? Um, you talk about financial gain and net worth. So let's for, focus on the on the keyword you use. Let's focus on net worth, okay? Worth is an expression of value. If you don't know what you value, fine. Ask people around you, hey, tell me a little bit about what you see. What do I show that I value? If you were to describe what you think I value, what would it be? Uh, Look, we live in the most information-rich time in the planet. And yet we are feedback poor. So if we're not really sure what our values are, get an Right. Hold it. Say that again. We live in the most information rich period of time on the planet. And yet we are feedback poor. I wish I would have said that. That's beautiful. You did. (laughs) (laughs) You said that's beautiful. And my wife just said he has never said that to a guest. What I said to you. So there put that in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) I'm 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 going to take notes on what you just said about you said we live <laughs> in the most. So, um, okay, continue with your your thought. Okay, there. all right. So here here's another way of putting it. All right, we have people. What we value, we express. So how are we expressing it? What do we get excited about? Also. What do we not get excited about, right? Um, I work with high-achieving, well-paid executives, and some of them tell me, I don't know who I am. 
And I say, okay, tell me who you're not. And they start telling me who they are because they're giving me a list of who they're not. Right. So it depends, right? If, if you are not sure of what you value, right? then you could take an assessment that allows you to see what your driving forces are. It will show you by your responses online what you are. For those who are interested in that, I will offer a complimentary assessment for the first, I don't know, five people that either write you or write me. But the point is, whether the feedback is from friends, whether it's from family members, that are, whether it's from people that you know, whether it's from people at work, whether it's from people at work that you don't get along with, ask, hey, may I have some feedback? Can you, I'd like your point of view. And then shop around for a simple online assessment that will give you an understanding of who you are, how people see you, how you see yourself, what your motivational drivers are. There are tools out there. We live in an information-rich society. Right. So, um, if, you, if you're clearly clueless, then you're clearly clueless. <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, I try, I... Like, I'm not talking about you. I know. I'm, I, I get I'm, it. I, I'm I, about someone who says, honestly, I'm clueless about understanding who I am. Fine. What are the what are the ways that you can find something out? What are the avenues? Right, Make right. a list. Draw a mind map. Uh, start plotting it out. There's tons of different ways i we can't even tell you how many how, over you know i've been doing web development and technology stuff for 24 years and i can't even tell you how many times people have asked me a question about something and i ponder it and then i go i have an idea and i open up a tab on my computer browser and i go to google.com and I type in the very question that they ask me and boom, there's the answer. And I give them the answer and they go, oh my God, you're so smart. I'm like, um, I gotta, I gotta be honest here. I just Googled it. <laughs> They're like, I didn't think of that. Like, you know, I, I, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not making fun because there's many times that I'll, I'll ask someone a question and then I'll go, why didn't I just look that up on Google or YouTube? first see this is this is another form of feedback but now we're changing the conversation we're changing the conversation that started about how do i find out and get answers right. about what drives me but now you're talking about questions so i'm going to follow your lead your lordship and I'm going to, i'm going to say it's not about what answers we want to find always. Right. Make a list of three to five simple questions that you need to ask. 
yourself and others. What are the critical questions? What are some of the crucial conversations that you need to have and have them? Yep. I, I totally agree. And and I went into the questions thing, not to put it back on you, but you were talking about questions. <laughs> so now I, I do want to say, though, I, 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 I want to ask you this, because, again, I want everybody to understand clearly. Um, number one, you have a an assessment tool um, that you're offering to the first. 500, I'm kidding, you said five people um, that reach out to you and and ask you, ask for access to your assessment tool that you have on your website, I, I, I would imagine. Um, so um, reach out to Jay and, and ask him for um, access to that and, and um, I, what's, I don't know, what, what's the normal price associated with that? Well, I'm offering it complimentary. My pricing starts with um, at, for an assessment plus a and, and, and I'll be offering four sciences in this assessment. It will take a look at your behavior. It'll take a look at what your driving forces are. It will take a look at what your skills are. It will take a look at what your acumen is. Acumen is the can do capacity. So it will look at the how you do what you do behavior. Yeah. Why do what you do, which is motivation and driving forces. Skills, yeah. 25, that's the what you know. And acumen is what is your capacity for understanding. Right. So if you do that for companies, it goes anywhere with it with a, um, a, a, a review, one-to-one review. It's, it's 1250. Wow, that's, that's cheap. Um, out there, it's it's on the high end of the assessments. But thank you. But oh. I'm offering I'm offering this for um, your read your viewers, five of them. Um, I'm offering it for free just because um, we're talking about helping others to understand who they are, what they value, what they may be good at, and then. Um, it's, it's just a good thing to offer. So what's, you, what's your, what's the email address that those five people could email you? Um, and maybe my wife will type it into the comments here. Okay. It's my first name, J A Y at J A Y Stephen S T E V as in Victor E N. And then my last name, Levin L E V as in Victor I am J at jstevenlevin.com or just go to my website winthinking.com. So, so, you know, and, and it's, hey, there's two things I want to preface this with, and that is it's, it's the internet and it's my show. Um, but I generally keep this around one hour and, and that leaves us with about, hey, Danny, Danny Levin is it, see am I saying that is it Levin or Levin? Well, um, it it just depends on it can be Levine, it can be Levine, it can be Levin. It, for me, it's Levin. Levin. Okay. So um, Danny just typed in your email address. Thank you for that, Danny. Um, and and so so 
finding your value. For somebody who thinks they're maybe they're afraid to reach out to you because they think they're going to be number six <laughs> and and have to pay for it. Um, so, what what would you say to somebody that 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 may be struggling with understanding? You know, I've meditated. I told you I've meditated every day of my life for the last fifteen plus years. Um, and, and I'm, I'm still, there's times when I'm like, okay, I'm not sure I understand what's happening here. I don't know the, and, and so I, I literally retreat to a place where I can be in silence and really, really, um, if, if not, um, if not, you know, meditate on that, really give it some, some deep thought deep thought on on it and silence and and so i know that there's a lot of answers found in the gap in between our thoughts that's where most answers are um and you know that but what about the person who's never meditated who's never um really thought like that had those thoughts but they they don't understand their value they don't know what that is well, that's why I suggested um, asking people around you as an example or, or getting an assessment, for example. And it's, we don't, it, this doesn't need to be overly complicated. Someone who is anxious or concerned or afraid to, 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 that they might be number six, maybe they're insecure. What do they value? Security. Security is an important value, right? Yeah. Every we're telling ourselves how we are by what we say, what we do, where what we're gravitating to. So I think it's you know we can make it really complex, um, but we don't have to. It can just be as simple. And I'm not advocating meditation. Um, I'm advocating having a conversation with others and yourself and looking for and listening to clues that tell us a little bit about who we are. Yesterday, I was speaking with the owner of a very successful private company. He is an entrepreneur in the financial industry. He made a big mistake in his life. He came to me in part to help him grow his business, but we revealed he's, he revealed, I don't know who I am. Well, this mistake showed him who he didn't want to be. So he has a better idea who he is. So, I mean, it's the information is there. It's all around us, whether we see it or not. So just take a look at it. You don't need to to meditate if it's not your thing. It's right. just understanding how to listen and look, hear, see, feel what. Ask people. Self-aware, I believe real leaders create conditions that activate transformation. What are the yeah. conditions that you're putting yourself in? Do you have what what are the experiences that you're surrounding yourself with? What are the mental walls that you are that are conditions? What do you want to break through? What are the questions that you want to ask? What are the answers that you're looking for? Right. God, Find I love that, man. Find an assessment. Uh, it's yeah. not hard to ask people. 
Yeah. I, 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 I love, I love your, your, I just love your answers, man. So, and I ask this question of every single guest and it's this because I have been through, um, a lot of crap in life, a lot as a child into adulthood and, and a lot of, just a lot of stuff. Now, I also accept full responsibility for, for a lot of the adulthood stuff, right? Um, but I've still been in the position in my life where I had a car repossessed in front of a, a bunch of employees of mine, right? Um, I've been through having my electric turned off, you know, and, and or, or being faced with that or being faced with a lot of different, different um, challenges. And so if somebody came to you and they said, Jay, thank you for your time. I want to ask you, um, I don't know what to do. My electric's being shut off tomorrow. My car was repossessed last week. I, um, I, I, I'm losing, it feels like I'm literally losing everything that I've worked so hard for. And I don't know what to do. I'm in a really bad place. What would you say to that person at that moment to help them get through this? Because I, I personally know that anytime I've been in a situation where it was real bad like that, it literally took having a mental shift. And I've oftentimes thought back like, oh God, I'm glad I got through that phase of life and, and, and distinctly recall thinking, what like, I know it was up here, it was a mindset shift, but what exactly shifted? Because I, I, I haven't been able to define that yet. And, and I hope that someday I can. But there was a huge shift where I went from feeling like and playing maybe the victim into becoming a champion and the victor and then like coming out like, okay, wow, we saved the electric company, got another car, you know, blah, 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 blah. What do you say to that person that's, that asks you out of the blue? What do you say to help them get past that, to get unstuck? I say three simple things. And we'll, we'll do it like a role play. Okay, Ken, you've told me about what's happened. One, what's the real issue here? Two, what do you want to happen? Three, what are the actions needed to make happen what you want to happen? What are the actions needed by when in order to get what you want? It's, it's simple. What's the issue? What do you want? And what are the actions needed across who by when to get what you want? We close the gap. Yep. It's, it's best, best. Best answer ever to that question. Best answer ever. And I have said that before, but you just, you just raised the bar. You just raised the bar, man. That's a great answer to that question. Yeah, it's, it's practical. It's simple. It, it, um, it's not difficult. The getting from point A to point B or breaking through walls to win what you want has to do with understanding what the issue is 
what it is that you really want and what are the needed actions across who by when to get you there. And then you execute. Wow. Right? That's 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 amazing, man. I love it. Love yes. It. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, listen, Jay, we could be on here literally we could be on here for hours and hours and hours. I know that. <laughs> Our first meeting was hours and hours and hours. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. It wasn't. It was it was it was a great great meeting. And the only and this was you had the chili and I didn't. <laughs> well, come to Ohio. I promise you my wife will make you chili. Promise you and you'll love it. So, so Jay, how does it, and and I think that you already said it, but uh, say it again. How do people follow you? How do they reach out? How do they get in touch? Jay at jstevenlevin.com. Yeah, is, they can is your go. email and the the website is winthinking.com winthinking.com um, yes they, chris walsh says thank you for these gems he's he's a great guy I spent spent quite a bit of time on the phone with him last night i'm sure he's going to be reaching out my wife loves the interview so thank you yeah you can also find me at jslevin uh, that's Twitter. And then my name, J. Stephen Levin. Um, search it. Look it up. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm around. I'm I'm not as. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm around. So this has been a pleasure. We had some fun. We talked about practical stuff. Yeah. Uh, you got to hear about my Jewish neurosis. So we had. <laughs> oh, my God. Oy vey. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Listen, man, thank you so much. I really genuinely appreciate you. I, I, I think the world of you and, and, and I know that anyone who watched this is, is, is more than grateful for what, what you've laid out and all the replay viewers are going to be very thrilled as well. So thank you so much. My thank wife you. just said, thank you so much. And, and don't hang up on Skype, but thank you guys, everybody, for watching and for sharing this out. Thank you so much. Appreciate all of you. And, Jay, thank you again. Yeah, bye now. Bye-bye.